This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm also a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help you understand what's really going on in your relationship to help get you out and on the road to recovery. Today, I'm going to talk to you about making that final move of going no contact. I feel like a lot of people um, are very hesitant to do that. A lot of people, for whatever reason, have many things that are holding them back, which makes sense. Uh, But I am hoping to talk about some of those things and validate your feelings and help you um, feel more confident in moving forward with that decision to go no contact with anyone who is uncomfortable for you to be around. I'm not just talking about your abuser. I'm talking about anyone else who makes you feel like crap. Before we begin, let's talk about our struggles, my struggles and successes for this week. Um, A struggle is that I'm just, I'm really tired. It's been a rough week for sleep for me. I don't know if you can tell on YouTube. I'm just looking real frazzled today. I'm feeling really frazzled as well. Um, A success is, oh my, why would this be so difficult? Um, you know, I'm really proud of myself. Um, if you don't know, I've been traveling with my son for two months. We travel every summer this week, this year. I made it a little bit longer than last year. I pushed it out by like two extra weeks. Um, and of course there's been um, ups and downs. I'm traveling alone with a five-year-old. We get tired. We get annoyed with each other. We have struggles, um, but I'm really proud of myself and how far I've come with my patience, um, and my ability to manage those hard times because last year and the year before that, when those things came up, it was a lot harder for me to calmly work through those things because obviously I was a lot closer to having been abused. My nervous system was still really whack. And again, I'm not perfect. I've had moments where I've been like, don't lose my mind. I need a break. Uh, but I'm really proud of myself. I'm very, very proud of myself. And I'm proud of myself too. We've done a really good job. Um, so yeah. Okay. Let's talk about it. Um, a lot of times I have clients um, who are just on the cusp of getting away from their abuser, but they're still trapped in it. They're still in what I call it, I call it shoots and ladders. You're in the game of shoots and ladders, which you've been in from the very beginning. Um, and you're still in it. Like you feel like you're getting close to the finish line and boop, shoots because this person still has access to you. Or maybe, maybe not, maybe they're not talking to you that much. Maybe they're not around that much, but someone else is giving you information about them or giving them information about you. There's still some kind of connection there that's keeping you treading water. Um, And so what we wanna do is get you to the point where you feel comfortable and confident and sure that this is the right thing to do. Because usually when we're on this little cusp, we're still questioning ourselves. Is this the right thing to do? Is that mean? Is there any other way to do it? Can I, um, you know, can I still talk to them once a week or can we just do it this way? So that, you know, like we all come up with all these different ways to sort of try to control the the flow of communications. Like, well, I have them blocked on this and this, and I told them that we could only talk through email or, um, 
you know, whatever it is, we're trying to control it because we're trying to, we're trying to free ourselves and we're trying to maintain our own emotional regulation while we're trying to break a trauma bond, which is very difficult to do. The issue with that is if they still have access to you, they're still playing games with you. So even if they say, okay, cool, I'll only email you, they're still going to be coming at you with, well, I was hoping that maybe we could just have a phone call or I was hoping we could meet up next week. I was hoping they're always going to be, I don't like to use always and never, but you know what I'm saying. They're not just going to say, okay, you said I could email you every Wednesday. I know that's really strict and probably unlikely, but they're like, okay, I'll just email you on Wednesday and I won't say anything that's like fishy, baity, like trying to lure you in. I'm just going to tell you how my week was, ask you how your week was, whatever. I don't know. I've never done that. Like I've never... I don't know. Sometimes people break up and they want to keep in touch in that way and stuff like that. For me, no offense, but if you're breaking up, please just like take the time to be a part and learn to be a part. And if you really are like could potentially have a good friendship or connection down the road, circle back and genuinely be friends once you've both taken some time to heal. Right. The thing about abusive people is they want to keep you tied in somehow. And I did talk about that a couple weeks ago. I uh, have an episode that just came out about um, how abusive people will do things to keep you, to keep their access to you. And so this is kind of along those same lines. Listen to that episode if you're listening to this and you're like, I need more information. They will try to do things to keep you around and keeping in contact is one of them. And one thing that's, you know, in their favor with this is a lot of times when you're trying to leave and you're trying to break the trauma bond, you're along for the ride. You know this person is bad for you. You know that it's not healthy for you to talk to them. You don't want them around your kids. You don't want them in your life anymore, but you also can't imagine your life without them. So you're still clinging to them as well. You're still willingly, it's not your fault. You're not bad. You're not dumb. You're not weak. You're still willingly like, okay, yeah, I guess like, we'll see how this works. We'll see if we can just talk once a week. We'll see if, you know, whatever. But if this person still has access to you in any way, shape, or form, you're still feeling the trauma bond. They're pumping those flames up. It's still happening. Anytime you see their name in your inbox, on your phone, they're coming to your front door, bringing you, I don't know, muffins or flowers or whatever. It's fueling your trauma bond. You're still having those feelings of confusion of like, well, it can't be that bad because they're being kind or they're following, like I set a boundary and they're following it. They're following it for now because abusive people don't give a rat's butt about your boundary. But what they do know how to do is quote unquote, you know, honor your boundary for a short amount of time to trick you into thinking that they genuinely are changing and respecting you and trying to do things your way magically out of the blue, right? That is not likely when you're talking about an abusive person, a coercive, controlling person. It is not likely. It's all part of the game of shoots and ladders for them. So what happens a lot is people feel, again, they feel guilty. They feel like they're being cruel by setting a boundary. I have had this conversation with my own trauma recovery coach that I was using a couple months ago for something that I was working through with someone who's not abusive, but I still struggle to maintain boundaries with. Um, I'll just say it is with my ex-husband. We have a pretty, um, set parenting plan where we do things like that, but we're also very flexible. We may change it here and there, depending on what works for both of us in terms of our schedules, just to try to make all of our lives easier. But sometimes those boundaries can be pushed. And so I was talking about something, um, that I wanted to do. It was actually about my summer travels with my son. And I was like, I really want to stay past 
the 4th of July because he always goes with his dad for the 4th of July. But, you know, this year is my year to have him on the 4th of July. But if I go back early, then he can go with his dad. And if I don't, I'm going to feel guilty and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I can either set this boundary and be mean or I can let him go and be kind. And my coach was like, why is you setting a boundary automatically and being rude and difficult and unkind. Well, that's because we've been taught, not just by our abusers, but by society. If we as humans set a boundary against someone, we're being rude, we're being problematic, we're being whatever you want to call it, dramatic, right? Over the top. And so it's really scary to set a boundary with someone. And so I set that boundary. I was like, you know what? I'm going to see how this goes. Maybe I come to Europe and I'm here for too long. You know, there is a too long when you're traveling alone with a child. It Well, that's not true. There's a lot of single parents out there. There's a lot of people who are always with their child and I can do it and I've done it, but it is hard when you're living out of suitcases and you're moving to place to place. So, you know, um, whatever. Anyway, that's another conversation, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to see how this goes this year. I'm going to set the boundary of our divorce papers say this, this is my year to do this. If in two years when it's my year to have him on the fourth again, I don't want to be gone on the fourth, I'll bring him back and you can take him because that's fine for me. It's okay that you want to be with your family on the fourth of July and bring our son. I got, you know, that's cool. And so I, that really sunk in with me that it is not mean or cruel to set a boundary because we're doing what is right for us. We're doing what is within our right to do. We're doing what our instinct is telling us to do right. And so I want you to realize that when you are talking about an abusive person being in your life and them still having access to you, and a lot of times when they're trying to maintain that access to you, they're also trying to, again, this is an episode from a couple of weeks ago, say, let's share the dog or let's share the cat or let me still see your children. Or if you have kids together, I really want the kids. I'm going to fight for the kids, blah, blah, blah. But all of this is crap because most of the time they're, if they do fight for those kids, or the dog, or they say they want this or they want that, they'll, again, they'll do it temporarily. And then you'll find out that they're neglecting the children, neglecting the dog. They don't care. They give the cat to the pound or something like that. It's, it's all part of the act, right? It's just to keep you under their control. They're controlling your schedule. They're controlling your movements. They're controlling, you know, they know that they're coming to your house at this time. You're coming to their house to drop off the dog, blah, blah, blah. They're keeping an eye on you. They're keeping in contact with you and all that stuff. So anyway, when we choose not to set that boundary and we choose not to go no contact and we choose X, Y, Z, we're choosing their quote unquote well-being over ours. And their well-being is crap because they don't really need us to be in their lives to be okay. It, they, could they could change us out with anybody. They could change us out like they changed their underwear or their toothbrush or whatever, which this is a known fact. I'm not just saying this to be dramatic. A lot of abusive people have really poor hygiene. I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. I have seen that talked about in other places. So maybe, maybe they're not changing you out enough. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, that was a little side note. They are telling you they can't live without you. They can't live without your kids. They can't live without the dog, but they've probably got 10 people lined up ready in case you don't comply with their demands to stay in contact with them, to share the animal or whatever, right? I found that out very quickly. It was, I need the dog, I need the kid, I need the whatever, but there was someone on the back burner. And if that person hadn't taken the bait, there probably would have been one more, two more, three more, who knows? We will never know, right? Hopefully. Um, and so what you're doing 
by not choosing you is saying that they are more important than you. And we have done this for months and years when we've been with these abusive people. We have set aside our own well-being, our sleep, our mental health, our physical health, our children, our families, our jobs, everything for these people because they're setting all these crazy rules and doing all these things and keeping us on eggshells and all of that. And it's time for you to be the one to say, absolutely not. I am important. I am valuable. I deserve to be safe and free and calm. And you are not that for me. You are no longer going to have power over me. I'm going to set this boundary. I'm going to block you on everything. I'm going to go no contact. Heck no, I'm not sharing my dog with you. Heck no, you can't see my kids anymore because you are not safe for them to be around. You were harmful to them when I was in the same room with you. So why would I let you see them right now? All of that. And then, of course, when you do that, you're going to have to break the trauma bond. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to heal. You're going to have to do all this stuff. And I know that sounds really daunting, but you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. So who is more important? Who is really more important? And I know if you're still in it, you're still talking to them and you're still in the trauma bond, you're like, well, they are, they are, they really are. And I want them to love me and I want them, even though they're horrible and I don't want to see them anymore. They're so important. I don't want to hurt them. And they need me because they told me they were going to unalive themselves if I went away or they were going to this or they can, you know, whatever they said, stop it. Stop that flow of information and tell yourself. And if you don't tell yourself, I'll tell you for you. You are valuable. You are worthy. You are lovable. You are important and you deserve to heal. You deserve to have this person out of your life once and for all. And I know that a lot of you, just like me, are on round 47 of this cycle, right? It just goes around and around and around. It's, I know I keep using shoots and ladders. I'm thinking about this freaking bear ride that like pins you against the wall and spins around and around and around. And you're like, okay, I'm going to throw up. I want to get off. I've never done that one. It's disgusting. I don't like spinning rides. You're like, I want to get off this. And the abusive person is like, I'm not stopping this ride. I like having you on this ride. I'm watching you suffer. You're like, you're about to throw up. I love this. I'm going to crack open a beer and just watch. That is what they do. And you deserve to be like, actually, I have the emergency exit right here. Bye. Crack open your beer by yourself. Cry in it. Not my problem. They are not your problem. It is not your circus. It is not your monkey. They can be their own circus and monkey and you can be free. Free as a bird. You deserve it. Okay. Now I'm just doing all these analogies. I do a lot of analogies. I'm a very visual person. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up today. I hope that that was helpful for you. Um, I can be I can be pretty honest when it comes to being a trauma recovery coach. I'll never say anything that's cruel or, you know, like harsh, like you need to do this. I don't tell people, you know, well, you have to do this or whatever, but I can tell you, I know where, what it's like to be where you are. And I know what it feels like to be on the other side. And I want you to be on the other side with me. I want you to be over here and free and healthy and safe. And I know that you want that too. So when I can, when I'm sitting over here and I'm like, you know, just set that boundary and just block them and just all this stuff it's because I know what it's like over here and I'm trying to try to get you over here with me. So anyway, that is all for today. If you like this episode, whether you're listening on YouTube or you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, please rate, review, subscribe. I really want to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most. And all of your interactions really help to make that happen. 
Um, you, if you want to do some coaching with me, you can go to the lindsaygibbon.com and click on the coaching tab. You can see all the options I have available and the prices and my availability. Everything is right there. I would love to work with you if you're listening to this, like, oh my gosh, I just need that 30 minute or 60 minute session, or maybe it's a couple weeks because I have a six week package as well. I just need someone to guide me through this. That is why I'm here because I became what I needed when I was leaving and I want to be able to offer that to you. So check that out if you're interested. Um, and if you've checked it out 10 times and you're like, I don't know if I need that. I just want you to know I did that too. I worked with two people, uh, Lee Hammock and Manji Rufry. I worked with both of them. I met with each of them like twice because I, I really needed it, but it took me like 10 times of opening their websites, looking at their availability, about to click the button and be like, eh, well, I don't know, maybe I can just do this on my own. Or, and you can, you can do it on your own. You don't have to work with a coach, but we are here. And again, if it's not me, there's, there's lots of other people out here that can help you, I think. Um, okay. That's all. Please go do something nice for yourself and drink some water. I'll be back next week with more.